Vigilance number one begins with a full-page splash panel showing a convention center in downtown Infinity City. A big banner going across the entirety of the hall says, Welcome to Cape Con 2023. Underneath this banner, we see a variety of people making their way between a variety of events, including a Hall of Heroes, vendor area, an artist alley, several panels featuring heroes of the past, present, and future, various heroes giving meets and greets and autograph signings, and at the center of it all, a large statue of Captain Infinity, for whom the city was named after she sacrificed herself 30 or so years ago to save the city from the Komodan invasion that had taken it over. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, everyone in between or irrespective of that binary, welcome back to Infinity City. You can call me Elliot because that's my name. I use he, him pronouns, and you can find me on Twitter at Podcaster Elliot. I am the GM for this game, playing Masks a New Generation, as per usual, with two returning players and two fresh new faces. Joining me today are... Hello, everyone. I'm JV, aka Red Black Golden, on all social media, and I am playing Jackie Cuervo Dawes, who is still alive and is no longer the Raven, but is now something a little bit different. Hello, my name is Nika. My pronouns are they, he, and you can find me on Twitter. Instagram and soon Tumblr again as at Comisarc. And I'm playing Casey Everett, aka Technojack, who is still Technojack and uses they she pronouns. Hi, everybody. I'm Allie. You can find me on social media at Allie underscore Yakta underscore Est. I am playing Joy Joyso Southbridge, aka One Up. Hey everybody, I am Anita. You can find me on Twitter and TikTok at Anita the Lesbian. And I will be joining y'all today playing as Omega Lanu, the soldier playbook. So we've got our opening splash panel that shows all these different events going on. And of course, our four heroes of this new series, 
are at CapeCon 2023? I think Casey would be there as Casey. So they're probably wearing like the sort of, you know, when you go to a con in your everyday wear, but you want to wear like your slightly better everyday wear or slightly weirder, maybe. So maybe they're wearing like some sort of superhero memorabilia t-shirt and like I'm imagining those, what are they called? Trip pants, the sort of pants that have so many pockets and so many belts and probably like a denim jacket that has like several patches and pins in it. Most of them like superhero related. Standing next to Casey with her hand wrapped in theirs is a slightly taller person than her. This girl is a bit on the not heavier side, but a little bit wider, sort of like a softball player type of build, short cropped, sort of dirty blonde hair. They have on a backwards baseball cap and they've got a Tedno Jack tank top on and a pair of like, I don't know, some kind of shorts and are walking hand in hand with Casey. Caitlin, Casey's girlfriend of three months. I think Casey wants to do a whole lot of things. I think she's interested in going to the meets and greets, of course and how to be hero panels, but also what Nika wants to do is go to the artist's alley because I want to see if anyone's drawn like Dojinshi or fan art of any of us. Elsewhere in the convention. At this moment, I think Jackie's dad is either speaking on a panel or is otherwise like signing autographs and things like that. So... That is where Jackie is sort of helping all of that go down. She's not in her costume necessarily, like the actual costume that she's been heroing in. She's not in that at the moment, but she is in. So, you know, like the difference between like a cosplayer's suit for like Spider-Man and like the Spider-Man costume <laughs> that you get from Spirit Halloween. So she's in that at the moment and she looks like this for a reason, which is that if anybody asks who she is, one, hopefully they won't because it just sort of looks like she won a contest and that's why she's allowed to be there, rather than people being like, oh, that's your dad. Yeah, no, they people still haven't clocked on that that's who she is. It's wonderful. So she's there helping out with her dad, and I think there is another person there other than her and her dad. I think that other person is probably Nighthawk, who is, in fact, in her actual costume. But I think they are both doing approximately the same job, which is just helping sort of keep the line moving and taking photos for people and ushering people over to get their autographs signed. Nighthawk looks over at Jackie as the two of them are ushering some people along. And this is, you know, for... People that helped save the world, I figured we'd be getting a little bit more of preferential treatment here. You'd think so, but I don't know. I'm kind of okay with this. This feels all right for now. 
But I think at the next convention, I think it'll be pretty cool. Pretty interesting. Yeah, maybe uh, try not to bring about another apocalypse before the next storm. <laughs> I will certainly try not to. Meanwhile, Joy is here wearing some very slick merch, much of which is probably promotional. It's been sent to her over the course of, you know, her years of streaming to her audience on Twitch. But she's wearing kind of a brightly colored hoodie for the game Soup Swap, which is a sort of strategy kind of card-based game that Joy is actually on the, you know, eSports Soup Swap team at school. And so she's wearing, you know, the big hoodie. She's got the hoodie itself is it, the hood is pulled over her dishwater blonde hair. She's got two braids out the front peeking out wearing some glasses that have, you know, her usual blue light shading on them. She is making her way to, I think, Soup Swap. Absolutely. The game has a, a booth in the vendor section, perhaps promoting a new pack that they're releasing in the game, maybe in conjunction with Cape Con. And she's in full mundane, regular Joy Southbridge mode. And she's there with the other members of the Soup Swap team. These friends are kind of gathered around her. She's in the middle of a conversation with one of them, kind of laughing as she makes her way through the crowd, very much trying to enjoy this as Joy Southbridge and not be distracted by any of the hero stuff that's going on around her. We get the panel close up on her face. There's definitely speech bubbles amongst the rest of the team behind her, but we're too zoomed in to see what they're saying. In the Hall of Heroes. Right now, Omega is alone. We see a panel of them in all black clothing, honestly sticking out like a sore thumb in this like brightly colored con where like heroes and like fantastic over the top wear. They are in a black button down shirt, black like dress pants, a black choker, black lipstick. They have mahogany skin that's sort of like dotted like across the face and all parts of the skin that you can see with vitiligo. And there are like strange scars, sort of like veins or maybe like a lightning strike that you can see like peeking like across their face. They have gray hair that's sort of neatly braided and like one little Padawan braid that like goes down like on the right side of their face. They have like a bit of a five o'clock shadow and they are looking uncomfortable I think there's a panel where, like, first you see them from far away, and then, like, we get a little closer up, and just the chatter and, like, noise and movement of the entire convention hall is a lot and a little bit overwhelming, as, like, their senses pick up a lot of it. 
So we see them standing very like military stiff. And at some point they sort of like say, okay, this is a highly concentrated area. There's gotta be a quieter space like somewhere in this hall. So I think we see them move through and get to the Memorial Hall, which I imagine would be quieter. The Memorial Hall is dedicated to the heroes that have been lost in the years since the previous PapeCon. We see several heroes' pictures and little write-ups underneath them. There's not a lot in the hall this year, owing to a fairly peaceful year, in spite of what we heard about in the Reclaimers. But as Omega makes her way through the hall, she does see a memorial to Orion. And it talks about how he was lost in the battle against the snake and his body was never found. And the city hopes that Orion is out there ready to come back and save them when they need it. I think there are like a couple of panels of like Omega walking through the memorial hall and doing like this weird exercise of like trying to go through and recall memories and details about like each hero in the hall that like they can see just from their notes and their study of just hero culture in general and I think once they get to Orion, they sort of, like, stop and give, like, a respectful, like, bit of silence. I think that they're just going to, like, take out their notebook. My Hero Academia Deku style, just, like, a thick notebook with all sorts of notes and, like, post-its and everything. And it's mostly about... Supers in Infinity City, but it's also like their experience in the civilian world so far. And they just like take out some notes and start journaling in the corner of the memorial hall. Next to Orion is another picture that readers of the Reclaimers would recognize. Though not dead, we see the picture of Johnny Eagle, now going by his legal name of Jonathan Elliott. And it mentions how he has decided to step down from his role as the leader of the New Legends and is currently living a quiet life as a normal teenager after the events three months ago when the city was reclaimed from the snake. And upon seeing Omega's notes, we cut back in time in a flashback. And we see 
Omega standing in front of a somewhat tall, stern-faced woman with short brown hair wearing not quite a business suit, but like a step below that in a dark charcoal gray. She is standing in front of a large monitor screen where we see clips from the snake's attack on Infinity City. The screen flashes between pictures of the Reclaimers at various points during that fight. And Changeling, as you know her, currently she, her, sometimes other pronouns, looks at Omega and says, So, any questions about your new assignment? Omega is standing at attention. Like, they are trying to mask their excitement. Like, it was surprising that Omega was given, like, field work. Especially, like, undercover work. And they definitely feel, like, a a lot of pride in being asked to, like, go out into the world. And I feel like just clicks their like clicks their heels together, stands out attention, and says, Yes, ma'am. All right. I have the utmost faith in you. You've been training for this from the moment we found you. And she walks up and places a hand on Omega's shoulder and says, Rely on your training and you'll be fine, kid. Back at Cape Con. Joy, you are suddenly reminded of your friends when one of them taps you on the shoulder, interrupting your train of thought. Joy, you you with us? And he, like, waves his hand in front of your face, sort of teasingly. Yeah, I I am just completely blown away by the everything. Yeah, there's a lot going on. And as Joy turns to look at this guy that is walking behind her and slightly to the right, she notices something that you definitely would not expect at a convention hall like this. There is a trail of rents that is going up one of the walls and out through one of the windows. And it's very organized, almost like ants marching in a line. I think that upon seeing this, Joy is going to turn to the friend that she's just been talking to and say, Hey, if you get in line, save me a spot. I'm going to run to the bathroom. Yeah, for sure. And then I'm going to try to duck away to see if I can maybe get into superhero mode and and track after these these strange rodents. So I think that Joy is going to start by indeed going to the bathroom. So it's the first panel is just, you know, sidling through a crowd, looking, you know, normal, just like headed towards, you know, the the nearest group of restrooms. I think there's a huge line because it's a con and of course so there's a, a panel of Joy kind of being like, hey, it's an emergency, sorry, and cutting a bunch of people in line. And then Joy is cramped in a small stall after having cut 
in line and is pulling up her hoodie and down her track pants and underneath joy is wearing what she wears when she is one up which is it is actually a whole kind of armored uniform made of cosplay foam joy made it themselves and the coloration is kind of a bright green, a bright purple, and a bright blue, very kind of neon in look. And it's sort of one arm is bright green, one leg is bright green, the other leg's purple, other arm's purple, the chest is blue. It's a, it's a big combination of colors. So she's wearing that underneath already, rips her clothes up, shoves them in her bag, and pulls out of her backpack the final piece of one-up's uniform, which is basically like a snowboarding helmet in those same colors. It's got a big visor that covers Joy's face pretty neatly and puts that over the top. And then I think Joy is going to, a now one-up, they're going to simply leave the bathroom doing their best impression of a one-up cosplayer taking all of the compliments on their uniform that they can receive and then is essentially looking for a way outside to see if I can figure out where these rats are headed or if it's not outside into another room and Joy will use one-up's double jump to get up to a convenient location if need be. As one-up lands in the rafters above this convention, they would notice Casey walking along with their girlfriend towards the artist alley. They would notice formerly the raven near her father's booth, and then they would notice that the trail of rats is still making its way up the wall and out the window. They're not mm -hmm. being entirely subtle. If you just went to that window, you could follow them out fairly easily. I think that the next two panels, one up reaching in, taking out a couple of just the, you know, like the shitty kind of like button press pins that I've gotten collected for free over the course of con going. And I'm going to try to throw one to hit Casey and throw one to hit Jackie as best as I can for my position on the rafters. Casey, as you and Caitlin are making your way into Artist Sally, you feel a pin tink against the side of your head. Ouch. Assuming you follow its trajectory, I'm assuming you would see one up in their brightly colored spandex in the rafters. Yeah, definitely. And I would also yeah. know that cosplayers usually don't hang up there. And I think I'm I'm pointing over at the rats, like, you know, to get your attention to them. Casey, when you look over and see this trail of rats, it almost instantly clicks in your brain that a group of rats moving like this would belong to a villain known as the Rat King, who is a teenager like 17 or 18, lives in the sewers underneath Infinity City, and mind controls a whole bunch of rats. It's very similar to the Sandman from Spider-Man, but instead of sand, it's rats. You would know that they 
wherever they're going would lead you straight to the Rat You would also know that the Rat King usually works alone, but now that you're sort of clued in to the fact that there's about to be danger here, you notice that the dust and particulate that's hanging in the air is starting to coalesce in the crowd nearby you, and you know that this is another villain that will be introduced after your flashback. Because we cut back in time slightly to Casey in her mentor's penthouse apartment, reading through these files, studying up on the various villains in Infinity City. So, like, after being uh, in sort of like an analysis paralysis about it for a while, I think she just, like, sighs seemingly out of nowhere and puts away the files she's been reading and just turns to Wireframe and goes, So! Wireframe is seated at a large computer, like a big desk with a large computer screen. Most of his, like, head and shoulders block what he's looking at, but he turns around to look at Kaysen's. So, what's up? You find something in the files? Or... No. Actually, this is something I've wanted to talk to you about for a little while, but, well, I've been trying to think about how to bring it up, and I haven't been able to think up anything, so let's just talk about it right now. Like, what's... Never a better time, right? So, you know that whole thing we had with the snake going on and the fabric of reality coming undone and being divided into small pieces and yada, 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 yada. So, what were you doing during all that time? Why weren't you like, I don't know, Helping us with the whole thing. Maxwell leans back in his office chair and looks at Casey and says, You really think I was just, what, sitting on my ass in the penthouse not doing anything? Well, I don't know, probably not, but, I mean, it would have been nice to get, like, I don't know, direct help with the, with the whole thing. Yeah, you all were out there fighting the snake, and I don't want to diminish that at all. Good job, you all. I mean, you fought a god, but there's more to this job than punching gods in the face. There's a big city out there, kid, and I was out there saving people, keeping them from floating off into the sky, fighting off God only knows how many countless horrors that were coming through those rips in reality and trying to drag people back with them. I was a little bit busy myself. I wasn't just sitting around with my thumb up my ass. And you can tell that Maxwell is very aggravated mm. at this line of conversation. Casey opens their mouth like in an attempt to reply to this but then they can't really come up with anything it feels like Bronson is making a good point and in Casey's head it feels like 
anything they would say at this point, like you could have been helping us or contacting us or anything would feel like, I don't know, whining because he's really making a good point about like that he was doing something. And on that panel of Casey's face, we cut back to current Casey, who realizes that the Rant King is nearby, as well as another teenage villain by the name of Knuckle Duster. Knuckle Duster, she, her, is able to not like the Sandmen in the sense that they are made of sand, but they can control it and make it into like fists or their legs or various objects in order to help them out. And they often use that as a way to like rob banks and things like that. And then we cut over to Jackie, who is having a conversation with Nighthawk when they get pinked in the head. So Jackie's going to pick up this little pin that I'm presuming has fallen to the floor. And she's going to look at it and then look at the direction that it came from. One Up is pointing towards the line of rats with great enthusiasm. Jackie will follow that line and I'm presuming can see things decently well and we'll see that the rats and I think what she's going to do is she's going to take stock of everything that's going on so that she can figure out what to do to get to clear the area and how could we best end this quickly with the least amount of damage. So in order to clear the area, you would have to make some sort of scene, like pulling a fire alarm or activating the sprinkler system, something that would get an entire convention's worth of people to leave immediately. In order to best end this quickly, you can either follow the trail of rats and convince Red King to not do whatever it is he's about to do, through whatever means feel appropriate, or do the same with the dust circling through the air. Again, through whatever means feel appropriate, whether that is words or fist punches. Unless you managed to get them to leave with the rest of the crowd, but you know they're both pretty stubborn. That's honestly unlike. I think what Jackie would probably do would be to tap Nighthawk on the shoulder and say, there's a situation brewing. Do you see the rats over there? You mean the tall, skinny guys? I mean, they're not that good looking, but calling them rats feels kind of mean. I, oh my God. No, I literally mean the actual legitimate trail of rats. I, do you really, did you really think I would be, I, I wouldn't be that mean. I mean, you're right, they, they're not the best, but I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah, sorry, it's been a long day. I haven't barely slept all weekend. Do you think Strat King? Uh, I would say probably. You know what? I don't want to cause, like, a huge scene. I'm going to try to go over there and try to see if I can follow their out, see if I can talk to them. Do you think you could keep an eye on this and just make sure? Well, I guess wait for a signal. Wait for a signal from me. I'll signal to you somehow. I signal to you that, you know, things seem to be going south. 
pull a fire alarm. You got it. Fabulous. All right. Cut back to one of you see without talking to you. Jackie has started moving to follow this trail of rats. I think I'm doing the same. I think I'm leaping from rafter to rafter until I I am firmly headed in the direction that the rats are going. When the two of you group up outside, you see that this trail of rats has made its way up the side of the convention hall and towards the roof. I think Omega is sort of like taken aback by like, oh, thinking about the past, but sort of just shakes it off and says, I will not let you down. As Omega is coming back to their current reality, they do lock in on Casey's voice saying, there's going to be some trouble. Try to get to safety and see if there's any fan art of like anyone I know. She smiles and just says, you got it, and is going to lean in and kiss your cheek before you leave. As soon as Omega hears the word trouble, the journalist shut stowed away. And I feel like there's a panel of like Omega there and then like a dust cloud of like where Omega was. And as you like, I think... Casey, as you, like, turn away from, like, getting a peck on the cheek from your girlfriend, you turn and see your new teammate, Omega, like, standing behind you. Jesus uh, Christ. That's the situation. What is the news? I saw some rats out there and some dust out here. It's Rat King and Knuckle Duster. Rat King usually works alone. That's weird, but... I saw one up and Jackie going after the rats. So I guess it's up to us to take care of the dust. It seems like there is some concentrated effort on the convention. Civilians are in danger. Should we evacuate? I mean, that wouldn't, that wouldn't hurt. Omega is going to go up to a high place, probably like find the tallest statue somewhere that is high up so that everyone can see them and omega is going to just shout attention everyone i am Sahiro omega there is super villain activity happening in this area i need everyone to evacuate in a calm and orderly fashion people see you climbing up the statue and as Omega gets up there. There's a large number of eyes already on them. And they have seen Omega working with the team that used to be the Reclaimers, which carries, honestly, not a whole lot of weight, but a fair amount of weight. And so with that in mind, a lot of these people start moving to different exit points unfortunately though there is a lot of chaos as there's not like an organized exit people are on their way out but it's gonna take a bit as people are like pushing and shoving and like trying to get out without being considerate of each other 
and Techno Jack notices that in the kerfuffle, Caitlin is not to the ground amongst the stampede of congoers. No! Oh shit, I gotta go help her. I think there's like a thought bubble of like, God, the fire safety plan in this convention center is horrendous. And also just like a, a little bit of like, oh, this was not a good move. The people are panicking and like civilians are getting hurt. I think that Omega in this moment is more kicking themselves. It's more kicking themselves than like, of course, like Technochak is going to help out the new girlfriend and also just the civilians around. So I think that that will just leave Omega to try and find Knuckle Duster wherever Knuckle Duster may be. So I think Omega is going to like just make a note in their head and try to like keep moving with the mission, not get too like stumbled up. As Omega is making their way through the crowd, it is difficult to see amongst the mass of various sizes and shapes of people's bodies and all the various different skin tones and skin compositions, and some of them aren't even skin, and there's just so much noise and different smells, and it's hard to concentrate. And then a giant fist made of sand is colliding into your chest and you are knocked to the ground with the wind knocked out of you. Jackie is going to parkour all the way up to the top of the roof there. I think I'm waiting to see, like, make sure that your parkouring gets off to a good start. And then I've got some special jumping impossible mobility based off of that platforming game character whose powers I have mysteriously taken over. So I think I'm using my my like wall jump off to, you know, if there's like a little ledge sticking out, I'll jump onto that. You know, I basically, this is a platformer and I am making my way up a, a, a tunnel essentially to get to the top of the roof. And when the two of you get up there, you see a humanoid form Slightly taller than average, slightly bulkier than average, entirely composed of rats in the sense that they are like moving and shifting to create essentially like a giant, to them, a giant kaiju of a man, but he is about human sized. And he turns to look at you and says, should have known some so-called heroes were gonna try to step in yeah i would hope you would have figured that out because you're attacking a convention with superheroes in it yeah maybe you should have known this isn't the best plan he shrugs and says yeah almost like that's the point and he reed richard style reaches out a long extending arm of rats to try to punch one up. So Jackie's going to reach out and try to grab hold of one up's hand or possibly leg, depending on how they're falling, to just, you know, prevent them from falling off a roof. I think that Jackie did grab my leg because I think I was just like, wham, like straight to the, you know, straight to the chest. And 
started flailing backwards with my legs kind of extended out in front of me. So I think the panel is Jackie grabbing kind of like my calf right as the rest of me like starts to dangle over the side of the building. And I think my luckily I'm wearing my, you know, snowboarding helmet because I think it like dinks against the brick and I'm just like backwards, upside down, dangling. And you see just like the the visible like huh, gasp of relief in the panel as then I start to kind of attempt to crawl my way back up to the top. As the two of you reunite at the top, you notice that the Red King has gone. And you would know that he is able to, like, dissipate into a whole bunch of rats. And then they move and, like, recoalesce into the Red King. But he is no longer on top of this building. I think for a couple of panels, we see, like, Casey just, like, furiously... Like her eyes darting from Caitlyn to Omega and back and back. And like the panel gets like closer and closer, like more of a close up. Like it's like nearly a struggle between what she should be doing. As Casey looks between the two of them, eh? Caitlyn is like pulling herself up and dusting herself off and like. Gestures with her hands, like, go ahead, help your teammate. Yeah, I think Casey gives Caitlin like, a slightly worried thumbs up, but yeah. It seems that most civilians have moved away enough that Casey can maybe try to shoot some lightning bolts. Civilians are, like, parting away from that in particular. Knuckle Duster is... About 16 or 17, white, she, her pronouns, long brown hair done in a very tight braid down, like, over one shoulder, wearing currently a, like, green and black flannel over top of a black shirt and some jeans. Very, very much, like, casual, slightly not great condition clothing and her attention is completely on omega for the moment as you shoot this lightning at knuckle duster the dust and particulate that makes up their sort of extra sections of their body seems to absorb it and in the background you actually see jackson cuervo Dawes, also known as the crow come out from where his autograph, like, booth section is, prepped up and ready to fight. And he is about to charge in on this teenage girl. As the crow is charging at her, you see him reach down and press something on his essentially utility belt. And two small objects pop out into his hand they're about the size of grapes and they are little metal spheres don't think you necessarily know what they are but you can tell he is prepping to throw them at knuckle dust omega is going to just run a beeline like straight towards knuckle duster and knuckle duster is about to like prepare and get ready to engage and at the last second, Omega's going to tuck, roll past Knuckle Duster and sort of like smack the 
small metal balls out of their end into the tall ceiling of the convention center. As these metal balls hit the ceiling of the convention center, they explode in water and start, like, essentially raining down on the four of you. The crow looks at you, stops in his tracks, and says, Whose side are you on here, exactly? Omega's going to look between the crow, an established hero, like, someone that is very important, someone that, like, they've probably studied, and look from the crow, look back at Knuckle Duster, and reply to the crow saying, the people of Infinity City. And after, like, saying that, will, like, turn their back to the crow, just look at Knuckle Duster and say, you want to talk about what's going on here? Before she gets a chance to respond, Jackie and Wanna come back into this convention hall in order to see Omega, like, very clearly in a defensive posture between Knuckle Duster and the Crow. Jackie's going to run in front of the two of them, or sort of, like, separating the two of them as best as possible, and just sort of going to be like, hey, 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 hey hold on. From one second, that is... That is a tiny teenage child. I think she's she's going to direct this part at the crow. That is a small teenage child. I think we've got this. Can we, can we take care of this one, please? Omega is sort of like making a big deal out of like comforting this teenager that's about our age. Like this is one teenager that has sand for fists. And we are people that have saved the world from reality-altering gods. Omega is not. But Omega understands that, like, there is an adult hero throwing bombs. There are, like, people that have fought gods. Is trying to, like, be visual about, hey, we're here to help. Like, we're not going to hurt you. Don't worry. And, like, making a big deal out of, like, hey, it's okay. Like, you don't have to be afraid of us. And trying to, like, also use that to provoke this grown man to think about his decision to throw water bombs at, like, on the convention floor. You definitely see the crow, like, stop in his tracks and stand down a little bit. And Knuckle Duster stands up off of where she's been knocked to the ground. And says, I was just trying to prove a point, and he has helped me prove it. These sanctimonious heroes think they can go running around and just knocking out everybody that they think is a threat. That's not how it works anymore, old man. The world is changing. The city's changing. You're going to have to change with it. And as she says that, a couple more of those silver grape-sized orbs fall into the room. They start pouring out green, noxious gas. And when they clear out, 
The crow is gone. Infinity City is an Elliot Andrews production and was edited by Elliot. The rights to all characters, locations, and ideas presented in this episode belong to the person that created them. If you want to support us, you can do so at patreon.com slash elliotandrews or by telling a friend about us. Stay up to date on this and other shows. Follow us on Twitter at Elliot Presents, on TikTok at Elliot Andrews Productions, or join our Discord, linked in the show notes.